Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. How do you utilize that when it comes to, you know, being an analyst on TV for AT&T with the Pirates? Like, because, you know, being a former player, you're, you're coaching kids as well. You know, being an analyst on television, you're analyzing, you know, pre- and post-game shows for, for Pirates games. How do you have any way of, you know, influencing the people that you work with when it comes to being an analyst and working in that environment? Uh, yes. In the office and day-to-day, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm a guy that I like to, I like to know, like, uh, how do you edit? You know, it's it something yeah. like, how does it go in producing? And I found out that's not normal from the analyst or they call us the talent and I hate it. Yeah, I know. I'm just an analyst. And, you know, it kind of opened up a door to like get to know people differently. You know, like the, the editors are in this bay down in the basement right next to the studio. It's freezing cold. And I feel like they're like literally um, hibernating down there. So, you know, I'll go down there and hang out with them for a couple innings, watch them edit. We'll, talk about tunneling pitches, spin rate, different things. And now they've gotten enthralled with it. So it creates a like friendship and a bond. Um, and then what I try to do as an analyst on TV is a couple things to serve the community is I, I want to try to teach whenever I can. I want to try to teach the guy at home that is pissed off about the game. I want to try to give him perspective and teach him that they're human beings and that the game's really hard and that you're going to watch these guys fail more than they're going to succeed, but look for the good. Like, has this kid gotten better? Look, it's August. He was hitting 110. Now he's hitting 280. He's getting better. Yeah. The team's losing, but look at the diamonds that are coming out of this rough patch. And then it changes your perspective. And then for the kids like me that couldn't afford the hitting coach and the strength coach and, and they have every coach now, right? Like they have their like guru, they have their nutritionist, their cook. Like it's amazing all the stuff that's going on in today's game. But like that kid that can't afford it and that's working during the summer, playing during the summer, which is something I did. I'm like, how can I help him? Because he wants it. He doesn't have the same resources. How can I help that kid today? So, I, and I just think of one person in my brain. That's what I do when I go speak. That's what I do, you know, when I, I'm on air. I'm thinking about one person that maybe can grab something that day and see where it goes. And I hope I help people. Um, I hope that one day someone comes up to me, you know, and says, thank you, man. Like, I really appreciate what you said. And they'll tell me something. I'm like, yeah, like that's what I wanted that ripple. So uh, I hope this year with the pandemic, we have a new studio, bunch of new gadgets um, to do a lot of demos and teach kids new drills why to use them. Um, and we have some really cool segments that I've been like pounding the pavement with, and I think we're going to get them through. So, um, it'll be a chance to actually put the kids on camera. Oh yeah. Break down their swings. So they'll get like a free coaching lesson, um, on air. So there'll be TV stars and get a little bit of knowledge from breaking down their swing. And yeah, you make a great point of, you know, the kids who don't necessarily have those resources, like those kids are going to be the ones that are more motivated, pissed off in a sense, and like, 
really are going to work to drive themselves forward as opposed to a lot of talented kids who, like you said, they have the nutritionists, they have the diet plans, they have everything they need. They're spoiled. You know, they're not necessarily as fired up or motivated to get after it on a day-to-day basis. And it, it's kind of interesting to think about because how many major league-esque talented kids are there out there that have that potential? Like there's a lot of good kids that you go through, you know, playing ball with in your own town, but like they're not major league baseball. They're not professional ball good, but there are a few kids that, okay, they have the potential, but they don't necessarily, they weren't necessarily um, prescribed with the, the tough love nature of things. Like you have to work in order to earn this aspect to get to the next place. Like everything's being given to you on a silver platter, which we're seeing more and more of um, today. But it's interesting to think about, like, do you think that there's a lot of talent out there that'll never make it just because of their, um, not necessarily their mentality, but just how they've been treated growing up? Because like when it gets synced into your head that you're awesome, you're amazing, you have everything that's being given to you, there's no edge. Like you need that edge. You need that chip on your shoulder to get to the next level. Um, Yeah, I think, some people need edge. Some people need reality. Some people need uh, a punch in the face. Yeah. Um, everyone, like, I've seen the struggle with kids that have everything, and I've seen the struggle with kids that don't have anything, right. and vice versa. And I think it's all a matter of, you know, like, for example, single parent, mom, doing everything they possibly can do for their kid, showing them what life's like. Hey, it's not easy, but I'm going to do everything in my power to make it good for you. And you need to go do that for everyone you meet. Right. That instills something in that kid. And then he appreciates everything he has. And he takes care of his gear because that's the only glove he has. He takes care of, you know, his body because he wants to take care of his mom and, you know, pay for a house one day. So that changes perspective, vice versa. That same type of mentality, you know, divorced family, tough life, but from the outside has everything, right? Big house, private school, all these things. But like, he's in a broken home. He's abused. Like, we just don't know. So like the worldly standards can be good and bad. It's really about what principles are they learning and who they're getting it from? And where is that energy going? Because it's easy. Like, it's easy to take energy of being a major league baseball player and say, Oh no, I went this route. I'm a drug dealer. I'm really good at it because I have that ability to be good at things and yeah. be successful, but being successful doing really bad things or destroying your body or destroying other human beings is just a product of a lot of things happening and you making choices by the standards and the understanding, you know, so like I try to tell kids, I'm like, go learn as much as you possibly can, good and bad. And like, if, if you're like, if you have a, I guess, a strong, strong issue with something, try to disprove it. Right. Because you're either going to make your argument stronger or it's going to be like, huh, maybe I should have a little bit more grace when I talk to people. And we see that right now in the political world. It's like, dude, just love the person next to you. Like, their politics don't matter. Talk about principles, talk about values, and then come in alignment with what they're doing at the top because what they're doing at the top, like you can't control it. All you can control is the people around you and principles and values are going to lead the way, not 
a law or whatever you're going to argue about today because it's on the news or it's on TV or someone got canceled. It's like, why can't we just say, Hey, why, what happened? Like, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. you know, is your heart just broken right now? Like, exactly. I, I can try to find that forgiveness and let them learn from it and grow. Like uh, Nick, Nick Saban, all like one of my favorite things I've ever heard a college coach said, he goes, what good does it do for my running back? And it was one of his best players. I think at the time, to get in trouble and me kick him off. Yeah. He's, he's coming from nothing. So he's going to go to nothing and get into things he shouldn't get into because he has time that he doesn't have. And he's going to feel defeated. Why can't I wrap my arms around him, discipline this man, he's a man now, and try to lead him into a better life? And that's so strong because, like, we want to cancel him and shun people. And it's like, that's not good. Like, that's not good for them. That's not good for anyone else because it creates a fear that shouldn't be there where we should be like, you may have the smallest wings ever. Go fly. Go at least try. You know, like you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. But, you know, we'll pick you back up and try to help you along the way. So, I mean, you're going to fail regardless. Like, you could either stay and just shelter yourself. And we've seen that with, you know, some parents just sheltering sheltering their kids they don't want to see them fail they don't want to see them get hurt all that stuff but at the same time you're you're failing in that sense like they're not even trying like not even trying is a failure in a lot of people's mindsets like you have to go out and you have to fail in order to build that that mental toughness and that mentality in order to do things and yeah like in the political world people are jumping on bandwagon whether it's left or right because it it, it comes from a certain level of I don't want to say insecurity, but like people haven't really discovered themselves. Like what are your own personal beliefs? Like what are we all trying to like come together to do? Like, I feel like people are just like, Oh, it's either this way or it's that way. Like that's not necessarily the case. You could learn from both sides, you know, like we, we'd be a much more united nation if everybody just came together and like listened to each other, as opposed to just uh, like they say one thing and it just comes out your ear the other way. And everybody's like, Oh my God, like, why would you say something like that? Like you weren't even listening. Like if everybody just listened to each other and learned from each other, like it would be such a more peaceful situation. But again, uh, I guess the way the media puts it this way, it's, it's a total mess, but I have one question left for you. I don't want to take too much of your time. I've taken like an hour of your time already. Um, these but- podcasts, it's usually fun. And like I did one with a, a guy, my Navy SEAL buddy, we ended up having five podcasts. Ooh. When we talk, we talk, man. Like, yeah, I talk for a living, so I get going. And like, he was a motivational speaker, and yeah. like, so like, it was just like five and a half hours later. We're like, uh, what just happened? <laughs> we did another one five hours. I'm like, dude, what are we gonna do with these? I still think he has archives, some of them, but like, it was fun because some of the stuff we were actually walking through in life together too so yeah. it, was, it was just cool so like don't worry about time it's it's always good i mean it's awesome to have real conversations like that too yeah. you know like those are the conversations that you look back at and you're like five and a half hours really like i just spent half my day doing this like i didn't even realize it because you were having a real cool conversation with somebody but i have uh, one really i guess deep question i guess that i kind of wanted to leave with it because i've heard in multiple interviews that you've done you know like your top three things number one being your faith number two, family, number three, baseball. And it was probably that way for a long time. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a ton of, you know, uh, friends who value their Christianity almost over everything. 
as well. And I'm a man enough to admit that I'm kind of trying to still trying to figure it out in a sense. Like it's very peaceful. I, like I, I go to church every Sunday, but at the same time, I don't think I've connected with it in the same way that others have. And I know that you have connected with your faith in that way. So I kind of wanted to ask you like, yeah, like it's, 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 it's a daily thing. Like you're constantly working with it as with anything else, whether you're dealing with your faith, anxiety, depression, whatever you're dealing with, it's a roller coaster. It's every single day. But how, how do you come to the realization that that's like number one? Because, you know, like some people may look at it like faith, number one, family, number two, like maybe family should be number one. But at the same time, like your faith in God, because if you have that faith, it's like he controls everything. Like at the end of the day, he has a plan for everybody. Like what was it for you that you thought like that is number one, like that is the number one necessity for me. Um, I'm, I'm going to give everything that I have and just put it at his feet. And he's going to take care of everything. So I'm going to, I'm going to fall, I'm going to follow you up with a question first is like, what, like, what have you seen as Christianity? So yeah. this summer, this past summer, um, you know, I'm from Tennessee. Right. So Tennessee is a very like red state. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People don't talk about stuff. Right. But like when I went to Pittsburgh, especially with the pandemic, like I, I came from a like more open state, more locked down. All the political views were played very differently. Right. And guys were asking questions. And what I realized is like it was what people were perceiving more than anything else. It didn't matter like about your true values or like the human being. It just mattered about red, blue, state, north, south, like. And then it became white, black, then became gender. Like it was always separate, 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 separate. Like, but like my heart's red, your heart's red. Jesus is our savior. That's it. Like we're there. So I ask you is like, what have you seen as a Christian? What do you see at church? Because there's a fundamental issue going on in society that, isn't talked about and people are scared of it, especially people in the church. So I ask you like, what's been your background in understanding what Christianity is and what like it's supposed to be? Uh, from what I've experienced, I guess church, church too, like church Christianity. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Well, so for me, I grew up in the Catholic church and when it came to Roman Catholicism, I don't think a lot of people were turned by on it, especially the kids I was surrounding myself with. Like I, I didn't get it. I went to a Catholic high school as well. Still didn't click for me. As I've been in college, I go to a Christian school. I've been going to, you know, more, you know, laid back Christian churches where people actually talk about, you know, real stuff. They what give testimonies. Huh? What school? Grand Canyon University. Ah, cool school. Yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. Everybody's going to know about GCU in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, it's a pretty know. campus, man. That's it's awesome. awesome. I mean, it's in the middle of the ghetto, but once you step inside, you're safe. Everything, everything's pretty cool. But yeah, like growing up in you know Roman Catholicism, it was completely different. It was like you have to do things this way. If you don't, you're going to hell. As opposed to, you know, a couple of these churches that I've been to recently. Like it's more about giving. Everybody's understanding. Everybody has their own story. Like we were, we've been talking about. Everybody giving their own testimony. You know, we, we bring up you know, controversial subjects all the time. At least our pastors do. Uh, just for an example, last week we were talking about um, transgender and like, I don't think there was anybody in the, in, in the building, but at the same time we were treating it as if someone was, and we were trying to get inside 
not necessarily their head, but trying to get a better understanding for what it is, as opposed to just being like, "Oh, that's wrong. That that's that that's wrong. That's weird." Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Yeah. We're scared about it. Like we're actually like trying to figure it out with like statistics or you know research. Like actually go out of your way to be like, "Okay, maybe this is why they're thinking this way. Maybe this is what was going wrong that was making them suffer on the inside." As you know, again, opposed to just judging right away. So. For me, from what I've experienced is that Christianity, again, is about not only giving, it's about forgiving, and it's about accepting individuals. Say that one more time. Uh, it's about, <laughs> so the main three things were uh, Christianity, what did I say? Forgiving, accepting, and then, um, uh, what was the first thing I said? The second was forgiving, accepting, and giving, yeah, forgiving, giving, and accepting. Awesome. So, I've I've been very so my my faith has been at a stall for a while. Yeah. And I'm an all in type person with most things, but like, um, I've been through a lot in life, and I've watched people I love be you know go through a lot in life. Like we lost four people this year, none to COVID, and it was tough. It, it was more tough watching people be resentful and hateful and like deceptive because of something they couldn't control. And I saw fear take over people of faith. And I'm like, fear, faith, exact opposites. Like not good, not good. This is terrible. Um, so I think when you said those three things, like there's a quote that I love. It says starts with Jesus or begins with Jesus, stays with Jesus, ends with Jesus. So those are my three things. And I think the church gets away from that constantly. So like when you're talking about transgenders, like our world right now is separate from God due to sin. So that separation's created disease, famine, all these things, chemical imbalances, ADD, depression, anxiety, because we're separating. And the further we get away, the weirder it's going to get. And it's really that like everyone has their issues. And just because someone sins different than me, I'm still a sinner. I still got problems. Like all the churches in the United States and across the like planet should be like hospitals should be for broken, messed up people, including the doctors and everyone else. And you just meet them where they're at and say, man, how can I serve you today? And how can I maybe, maybe give you a little light of Jesus today? And that's it. And you know, I let my, you know, faith in Christianity kind of get dictated by people that just broke my heart and people I looked up to that, you know, really did some terrible things to me. And, you know, like I looked up to them because they helped me grow my faith, almost like a mentor style. And then coming back and understanding they had no intention to mentor me. They were using me for their advantage in every single way. Yeah. And I would have never known unless it came to light by accident. So like, it's crazy. And then you have choices to make in life where like, am I the bigger person or do I do what the world wants me to do? Like lawsuits and different things. I mean, some crazy stuff happened to me over the last couple of years when it came to Christian men. And mm. I had to like kind of 
go back in. I've really dove into a lot of different, you know, uh, teachings over the years. And it, it really just falls back to like, understand the world's broken and we don't have a choice in that ever. So when we come out of the womb, as excited as I was to go play baseball before I could walk, before I could talk, like I was coming in with like a lot of obstacles, a lot of barriers. And, you know, understanding that early, early on for kids is so important because it creates that grit and resilience. Like if you think that like bad things aren't going to happen, sorry, like no one can run away from cancer. No one can run away from loss or grief. Like I don't care how much money you have. I don't think they've come up with the amount of money that cures brain cancer or that can make you feel better when you're like, dog passes away or something bad happens in life like there's not an amount of money so it's understanding there is something though and it's jesus and dennis prager said something that i heard a while back he said my faith grows daily by watching people replace god and i think that's brilliant because if you haven't listened like like i said i listen to a spectrum of things um like And Jordan Peterson's been a guy I've loved watching him grow. And yeah, you got his book. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, but like he talks about the, the, the hierarchy system. And if you realize that we're ultimately made in God's image and we're trying to replace ourselves as God over time, if we get away from him, and at some point, the Bible tells you straightforward, like, that's when the Antichrist comes, and that's when everything exactly. you know, you know, <laughs> starts over, right? So it's, you know, really taking a reality, and whether you believe in the Bible, you believe in Jesus, whatever you believe, it doesn't matter. Like, everyone, like, Sam Harris, like, atheist, argues he's very, you know, scientifically based that's why i love jordan peterson because he's on both spectrums and i can watch him slowly coming into you know his like real strong faith within jesus and he has a weird perspective at the beginning and he molds into it but like hearing them talk like he's searching for the same thing it's just different and it's like man these two guys can talk and have a good conversation and grow and someone's listening to this it's being like hmm makes me want to ask more questions and that's like ultimately what we need is like people that don't have anything in common come together and try to find out why because we're all made in god's image and we're woven together by a creator that made the mountains and made us perfectly go around the sun at a perfect axis at the right time we have four different seats like when you really put it in perspective like we have way more to look at and say thanks than like, like everything's awful. Like we can't do anything like, because tomorrow's never guaranteed, but like it is for us because we have Jesus, right? Actually tomorrow could be better. You know what I mean? Like, but Paul said to die is gain, but we need to focus on our growth here and showing people Jesus. And if you look at what he did in his life in the 33 years he was here, I don't think he pushed people out of the church because they weren't baptized. I don't think that because they didn't wear their penny loafers on Sunday 
they weren't accepted. I'm pretty sure he didn't have a pair of penny loafers. So maybe we should just focus on like, hey, dude, come on, man, let's go. Because that's how I found Jesus. Someone invited me into something that I didn't know existed. And it ended up being, I've met a bunch of dudes that I became friends with because they played ball, basketball, which was my first love, just I'm short deprived. So I think at the end of the day, what makes me tick is when like I can feel the Holy Spirit convicting and I don't run away from it. Um, Lecrae wrote uh, a song recently and he said, I'm walking with the limp because I've been wrestling with the Holy Ghost. That's kind of where I've been. And like, I'm, I'm ready for it to end. And it's my own fault. I mean, Jesus like, come on, I'll carry you. Wait, I already have. Like, just come on. Like, just accept it. Like, that's the only thing I want is you to worship me. That's it. Like everything else, like I can do on my own. I could actually make you do this, but I'm not going to, cause I want you to want this. Right. I think that's so cool. I mean, think about it, God, like, and I hate when the one thing I, I hate what the church is doing now is trying to put God in a box. Like, like we're supposed to understand a God. Like, it's funny to me, right? Like, Hey, like Bob Ross was good at art, but look over there. Like, right. Like we're trying to put, that in perspective we're trying to put in perspective that our genetics are woven together together perfectly like it's just wild stuff so i mean it's crazy to think about it like like you said you know we come together and you know god has the almighty power to be like okay like give you the realization of this but at the same time i'm gonna pull back because you have to figure this out on your own like i'm gonna let you you know, get back into the swing of things on your own. And I also think it's like a big, like crucial when it comes to listening and at the same time, understanding, like you said, when it comes to people who are Christians and people who are atheists, you know, coming together, like being there, being, having the curiosity, I think curiosity is also a, a, a must, a very pivotal thing in all of this, because if you're, again, like allude to the other things that we were talking about, whether it's coaching, whether it's, you know, the politics that we see today in the media, you know, if you're not willing to listen, if you're just willing to jump to conclusions about somebody and like judge them for like what they believe in or what they're doing, like you're not going to learn and you're not going to get a better understanding for life as a whole at the end of the day, because everybody is wired differently and everybody's got a different story to tell. And everybody, again, is trying to get to that same place with their faith all in different directions, all in different ways. And if you, you know, misconcept or judge again a certain way that somebody's going, like they're not going to grow and you're not going to grow mentally on on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, there's a reason why Jesus walked around with 13 homies, right? And they all fled in the time of need, right? Because of, you know, worldly view how they would be seen in that moment. Right. And at the end of the day, if you don't stand up for the believer, you know, the, 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 the guy that gave you life, breathed life into you, what are you going to stand up for? So that's what, that's what I always say. Like outside of politics, outside of like the way you want your kids to be taught outside of, you know, little Johnny should be playing second base because exactly, you know, Dustin Pedroia, but he's only eight. Like, like, cool, but I just care about him as a human being, and I want to give him a little bit more Jesus. If he's Dustin Pedroia, awesome. But right now, like, he's got his glove on the wrong hand. Like, we need to work on him understanding the game, and I'm scared he's going to get hurt more than anything. You know, like, because they see something in their little box 
And that's what, where the world is right now, right? Oh, yeah. But we have to accept that because I can't make you believe something I believe, but I can want to understand why you believe it. So if I come to you and say, hey, man, like, what do you think about this? Whatever it is. And I love talking about bad issues and weird issues because I do it different because I go from a value system of the Bible. And like, like I was saying a minute ago, it doesn't matter if you believe or don't believe, if you're Sam Harris or not, there's great stories in there to learn. And whether you think it's like everything's literal or you think it's a storybook, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like that argument always happens. And I'm like, why did like, who cares? Like if like Jonah wasn't in the well and that's, that's your ish, like, that's cool if it was, but if not, like, is it really that big of a deal? The story line to that is always changing with what's going on in our life. Name another book that does that. Right. Like, where can we get that anywhere else? This thing, thing is like always evolving, right? And why these books? Like, why were like the five other people that wrote the same exact stories? Why were those people left out, but this one came in? Like, and why was it all over the world? the same stories. And it's just like, it's crazy when you start like processing it. And I'm like, well, that's how that was woven together. Maybe we should just focus on that and do what Jesus did. Ask more questions when he was tempted after 40 days. What did, what did he do? And the devil was coming at him, right? He would be like, well, do you know what it says? Like, do you know this? Like, can I ask you, like, he just kept asking the devil questions and teaching. And he, he wasn't doing like, no, no, you're wrong. I could do that, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Like, okay, well, that does nothing for anyone, right? It's just, it's, it's so cool to me because every answer is right in front of our face and we run from oh, yeah. it because ego, because we don't want to look at other people's realities or understand the realities because we don't know. I mean, there's so many people that are probably very curious about things too, but don't ask the questions because they don't want to feel like they're standing out, like they're the weird one in, in, a, in a group potentially, you know, like everybody again is coming from different perspectives and like have different ideas that are formal, formulating in their heads. And some of them are just too afraid to ask because nobody's ever heard that perspective before. They're going to think it's odd. They're going to be like, what? No, like that's, that's wrong, dude. Like, I feel like a lot of people are curious. You just don't see it. And it all goes back to, again, like we could plant that seed for someone else, but it's up to them to water it and grow it on the, on their own. Like nobody could force anybody to do anything. You have to be willing to do it on your own in a sense. Right. Yeah. So I'll tell you a really cool analogy that I heard um, one time is sometimes in life you're going to meet somebody and in that game of their life, you're going to be the starter. Yeah. So that's when you plant the seed, right? And then sometimes they may come to you and they're right in the middle of the game. So you're coming in middle relief. But every now and then, you know, you're going to be able to, you know, close that game out and, you know, help them to, you know, really, really flourish and actually get some fruit from that tree that was planted years and years ago. Yeah. And when you have a reality that like, that's where you're at, you look at people different. You're not like, Oh, well, he believes that with those people like, cool, come on, let's go, let's go talk. Like, cause I don't know why, 
Like whether they're right or wrong by a biblical standpoint or a worldly standpoint, it doesn't matter. Like they're still human. I still want to like serve them the best I possibly can because that's what I'm supposed to do. Like everything in my life should be about creating disciples because Jesus showed us the way to live perfectly. It's going to make me better and it's going to hopefully create a ripple like we talked about. And that's the most important thing. And I I could pick your brain about this stuff all day long, but I'll I'll let you go. Thanks again for being gracious enough to take the last hour and a half out of your time to talk to me. Hopefully we could do this again, because again, I'd love to pick your brain about uh, more stuff when it comes to this aspect of life. Because I think it's a very important, like it's very important stuff to talk about, obviously. I don't think it gets talked about enough. And I feel like if it did in in the long spec in the long term and the long overhaul spectrum, I feel like a lot of people would be uh, more open to being, again, like we talked about curious and open them up to asking more questions that they wouldn't have had before. You know, honestly, like I want to talk about it more. Yeah. Um, like, cause you're right. Like even some of the like great, like Christians in the world, they run away from, certain issues or they stand strong on certain issues and it's like okay i I get it but like where's the love exactly that's always first right like no matter what like extremes are scary right and that's where the political view is like there's extreme left extreme right 99 percent of the world and even society is in the middle with like these small differences that was created that way like that's what the founders wanted they wanted dialogue because that's how you create a great society you know because if you have one view and this one doesn't count where's that going to go you're going to have half the world that you live in being changed by but there's something you really believe in or don't believe in and if it gets extreme even what you believe in probably doesn't exactly yeah and so where do you put your you know like, where do you hang your hat? That's why, like, you know, not having, if you don't have Jesus, what do you have? Like, so people are going to get enthralled in baseball. They're going to get enthralled in their own head where that turns into depression, anxiety, all these things. Or maybe it's they fall into something else, but they're going to find something to enthrall themselves into. And there's no greater motivator than fear and faith. Yeah. And we're literally watching the world play it out right now of like fear, 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 fear. And then like these great shining moments of like incredible faith. And I hope there's so much more of it, but more than anything, I just hope it's shared. That's why I said, like, I was like kind of getting hungry. And then you started talking about faith and you started talking about your like search a little and like, man, I'm like shaky a little. I'm so excited about it because like kids your age, like, there there's more searching than not, but there's more not willing to ask the questions. Right. Exactly. Like my, my, yeah, it's, it's so sad. Like, especially like my, my cousin, like they have a split family and political views, like split, like mom and dad. That's tough. And then son, but like, they're fine with it. And their views are so weird anyways. Like it has, they always look at people and I'm like, you can't have views on people like because you think he's a better person from what you see compared to him doesn't make any sense because 
they're one person of what, 1,500 that are going to be creating laws and changing your life. I was like, who's your mayor? Like, let's worry about that. Who's your governor? Like, stay local and then go from there and learn the system. Like, and he's like started asking a lot of questions to try to, you know, challenge himself yeah. to, you know, be able to talk. And he realized like, man, we're so surface with this stuff. But now in college, he can't talk about any of it. Cause like they, he's in his uh, poli sci class. They have to pick like either conservative or Democrat. And he went against what he grew up with. So he picked conservative. And he was like, Michael, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't ask questions. And if I do, they don't answer the questions. They just yell at me about like the president at the time. And they're just yelling at him about Trump. And I was like, well, it's amazing that like his policy, a lot of his policies aren't even cons- like, weren't even considered conservative when oh, yeah. I was growing. And it's like, why, why, why are we so focused on people? Like, like people are sinful. Like we slid out and we fell into sin. Like he sins different. He sins different. But like, why are we judging, judging, judging? Like we should be loving. It's tough. But like, he wants to have those conversations. So I get a text and we walk through it probably once a week or every other week of like different stuff that he wants to know and understand that his mom brought up, you know, or his dad brought up or he heard on TV and we walk through it. And I, I say, this is what research I've done on the actual views. This is what my values are. This is the values. This is what's being said and, you know, whatever. And I'll go as deep as I can because I want to understand it. And now I've gotten to the point where I want to understand, like, what's the point sometimes? You know, like, what's the narrative behind the narrative? I mean, that's, that's a when- tough situation to be in in school, too, where they're telling you to do one thing as opposed to, like, what you actually believe in, like you're supposed to be like the almighty school system. Like you're what we have to put our kids through, you know, and they're telling you one thing and it's like, why am I here if I can't stick to my actual core beliefs? Like that, that's definitely an eye opener in the sense of like, why are we being taught things that aren't necessarily, you know, true in a sense by the fact that you actually have to like force me to pull this way when I'm actually on the other side in a sense. Yeah. And if you're a teacher, you're a lifelong learner. So you would think like in the class, you want to be challenged. Like that's one thing I say at AT AT&T every single time with like Rob King and those guys, they ask really tough questions. uh, And they ask questions that sometimes I'm like, what is he trying to say? But it makes me so much better. Right. Like I love when they ask, I'm like, try to make me feel stupid. Because then I'm going to go research and learn stuff that like, maybe I didn't think about. Like somebody yelled at me last year because I said ground rule double. Well, it was a book rule double. And I thought it was awesome. I thanked him. But he was like really mad at me. Like, he's like, get it right. The official blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, the official of the official when these rules are written, yes. Ground, ground, ground book or book rule double, not ground rule double. But Major League Baseball hasn't put that in since right. there's a certain date and I sent him the link and what they showed and how it went in the book. And like, we had a cool conversation through Twitter, but like, I appreciated that because he was an older guy. I felt like that bring that like older value back. Right. And 
like now it's the launch angle and all this stuff. And it's just like, yeah, launch angles, a line drive, mm-hmm. right? Like we should be looking at the average launch angle has at a certain velocity and stuff like, and that's the world we should live in, but we don't. You know? Oh yeah, I know. We, we, we're so focused on the bandaid approach in life that we forget that like, why'd you put on the bandaid in the first place? You know, like, how are we going to get healed? You know, and I, I don't, I, sometimes I sit and I just scratch my head and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. We live in a sinful world. Everyone's broken. That's why we need Jesus. Calm down, calm down. You know, because it, it, it can get like so disheartening. Oh yeah. I mean, and, people need to learn to be, you know, comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Like being comfortable, being uncomfortable in things like, like you said, like getting that quote unquote punch in the face or, you know, like you said, like prove me wrong, like make me look stupid here because I actually want to go back and do the research and learn and be like, okay, I was wrong. Now I have more knowledge. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.